Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome to an HBO podcast from the HBO Late Night series, Real Time with Bill Maher. Okay. All right. Ambassador, how do you feel about the diplomatic response to Jamal Khashoggi's murder at the hands of the Saudis? The Trump administration response? I guess that's what they mean, yeah. Pathetic. Horrible. Awful. We we can engage with autocrats when we have to in our national interest. That doesn't mean we have to check our values at the door. Right. Uh, I knew Jamal. I worked with him. He was a he was not some radical revolutionary. He was right. trying to do the right thing. And when we do that, then we undermine our values when we want to stand up for democracy. So you know, right now there's these events happening in Venezuela. Uh, you know, we have stood up for the the opposition there. I I support that. But it looks to the rest of the world like hypocrisy when we do things right. like that in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, and, and it was only a few months ago. And it's... I don't hear it about it anymore. Do you I mean, remember that it's not moment? like he's out of power. Anything yeah. happened to him. Remember that moment when Putin and the Saudi yes. conference were in the same High room? Five, yeah. High five. Like, hey, yeah. we're both murdering journalists now. Yeah. Welcome to the murdering journalists club. Right, exactly. And Trump wants to be a member of that club yes. so badly. Yes, he does. Okay, Heather, how do you think MLK would deal with Trump and the modern Republican Party? Well, I mean, I think he would thank the Republican Party for how much love they show him every single year on one day, on his birthday. (laughs) It's unbelievable. You know, you had Mike Pence on the air saying that what Trump was doing with the shutdown and what was in, in light of, you know, MLK's values. I mean, listen... Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King was a prophet and a leader and a community organizer all in one, and we need that today. He showed a vision of what this country could be. He brought everybody in. He wasn't afraid to educate people, to talk to recalcitrant white you know, pastors and priests, and he wasn't afraid to say that this country could be better than it was. And I don't think we have enough people laying out that vision. And I mean, it's a joke to pretend that the Republican Party right now, which is just really remnants of sort of a a racist devil's bargain, um, has any claim to any part of his vision. And they do it every single year on his birthday. But King said on more than one occasion that the bigger problem was moderate white people. Uh, That's true. That's a big theme of his. The big problem, the big impediment to change. Right. Right? Because that's the problem, right? It's not that they didn't disagree with him. They just didn't want to do anything about it. Right, that you're rushing, you're going too fast. Yeah. Um, by the way, they spent two minutes at his memorial, Trump and Pence. They, re- they didn't have anything planned that day. And then they realized they could lose their black supporter if they didn't do something. <laughs> and they rushed over there and spent two minutes. Surprise Next they year, they're just, just going to yell the out the window. Out the window. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, Joshua, how would you describe the relationship between journalists like yourself and sources inside the White House? Mm. Uh, on the record, it's terrible. <laughs> Off the record, it's great. I mean, we wouldn't know half. Of, we wouldn't know half of what we know about what goes on behind the scenes if White House uh, employees weren't inveterate leakers. They all are. And why do you think that is? Because 
Uh, different reasons, ego to to stab colleagues in the back. It's it's sort of Game of Thrones in there. Um, you know, some of them just get a charge out of you know seeing their blind quotes in print or trying to uh, manipulate Trump. That's another big reason. You know, you if you get something on the front page in the New York Times, Trump will read it, and you can you can help influence in that way. I mean, it's 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 more true of television journalists than it is print, like myself. But Trump's advisors will go on TV on purpose to talk to him because they know that the likelihood is that Trump is sitting there with his TV on, listening to what they have to say. And there hasn't been a press conference since, uh, I mean, a press briefing since December 18th, I think. Not a, not, not a formal one, but what's, what's, what's the point? I mean, they get out, you know, Sarah Sanders will get out and lie to, 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 to journalists. So, there really isn't any value. So you both sort of agreed that if you're just going to lie, why do this? Look, it's, it's neither, our, neither side won. No, no, it's, it's our job to show up and ask tough questions and document what happens, right. create a record of that, you know, inform our readers and our viewers what's happening. But that can't be the <clears throat> only line of attack or the only line of reporting, and it isn't. I mean, I think to the great credit of a lot of people, maybe not so much during the campaign, but afterwards, I mean, you've had fantastic journalism in the New York Times and the Washington Post. We've done major financial investigations at Bloomberg into Trump, into all the myriad conflicts of interest that are, that are driving this administration. And turn the country to pieces. But I want to make sure you understand how crazy this is. I, I worked three years at the White House for President Obama. We, maybe we were too deliberative, right? Maybe we took too long to talk about things, but we used to sit in the White House Situation Room and debate issues and then come up with a policy, and then, you know, we'd work up the system, and then the president would sit there sometimes for hours to talk about it. None of that happens anymore. Uh, they rarely meet. Uh, he rarely spends time with advisors. He's watching TV. And then, on occasion, he'll get on the phone with a leader, and the leader will say, hey, I think you should leave Syria. And he'll say, oh, that's a good idea. Let's leave, without any process in place. And we now know this, this because is... two senior officials resigned as a result of the broken process. That's how, for my world about national security, it feels really dangerous that that's the way it works. He knows more about technology than Well, that's anybody. right. I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. He, he knows more about technology than anyone. He, he literally, by the way, can I, can I just say this? Because people won't believe it. He, he doesn't use a computer, and he has... <laughs> no, no, he has his no. aides go to Drudge Report and print it out on paper and bring it to him in a manila folder. That's how he reads the Internet, on printed-out yeah. pieces of paper. He knows nothing about it. He only technology. reads when it's his name. And printed-out yeah. piece of paper that we found out he eats paper that he doesn't want <laughs> to be saved to the Presidential Re Record Act. He's been eating documents. We're, he's a lunatic. He's a lunatic. <laughs> he is. And um, the lesson of Trump, I think, for the future is if you don't want to get impeached, 12 impeachable offenses a day, and you're safe. Right, yeah. <laughs> Any one thing right. that this man had done, some other president had done, he'd be out by now. All this terrific reporting, everything we've learned, somebody else would have been impeached by Give now. Give it time. Do 30 impeachable yeah. things a day, and you're safe. Uh, Ambassador, how closely is social media monitored in Russia, and do you think Putin will attempt to crack down on those platforms? Do they have? Everything's monitored, of course. Uh, right now, they... But it's not like China, where they totally But they don't stop. cut it off, right. Yeah. And, yeah. and so far, Putin's allowed that as kind of a, a safety valve for, for the liberals, for the mm -hmm. pro-Western forces to kind of tweet among themselves. Uh, the lower his approval ratings get, I think the more likelihood that they'll go after those platforms. And they'll, they like the Chinese model. They'll eventually end up like China. They're still really struggling with what happened under communism, aren't they? I mean, communism made them so cynical. Ronald Reagan, not my favorite, but when he said it was an evil empire, dead on, yes, I think. I agree. There's nothing, there's nothing more corrosive to the soul than living under a communist regime. 
And what Putin has promised them is, I'm going to make us a great power again. Right. I'm not going to, you know, you're going to be poor, you're not going to have goods, you know, that's the trade. But you can, you're going to feel great again like you did during the Soviet era. Oh. That's the trade he's given Sounds them. Sounds familiar. Make Russia <laughs> great again. Yeah. Let's feel great again in the green room. Thank you, everybody. I appreciate it. Catch all new episodes of Real Time with Bill Maher every Friday night at 10. Or watch him anytime on HBO On Demand. For more information, log on to HBO.com.